Oh, hello. It's Alex Keller. Hey, Alex. How's it going? I'm, I'm Mike Harding. Well, and here's my, my friend over here, the Filmtastic Voyage. Welcome, everybody. It's the Filmtastic Voyage. Are you ready for a voyage? I am. I'm through scared. films, through philosophies. Filmosophy. Filmosophies. Rejected name for this podcast. That's right. Uh, this is the Filmtastic Voyage, everybody, where we talk about films. Also, that's not true. But we talk about all kinds of stuff. Life, all right? Uh, you know, what, video games, other stuff, Batman, Star Wars... Those are movies. Alex, how's it going? Yeah, you know. I don't know. That's why I'm asking. Oh, oh, I see. <laughs> well, Solo is out by the time this episode comes out, so that's fun. Yeah. Stay tuned for the mini-sode of that. We're mm-hmm. going to re- review the shit out of that movie. You know? Yes, I do. Uh, yeah, so, you know, things, things are good. Things are good. Things are looking good. Things are looking up. Um, we're approaching the summer, all right? June is right around the... I mean, like, it feels like summer now, you know what I'm saying? Well, actually, it's actually been kind of cold. Uh, yes, it was raining the other day. I went to the Renaissance... The Renaissance Fair. Yeah, and it, w- it didn't rain, but oh. it looked like it was going to. And you know what? That was great. Because it wasn't too hot, all right? But it wasn't raining. Did it remind you of jolly old England? Foggy London town? In some ways, yeah. Yeah, there was a uh, there was a bird show that was fun. Did you see a bunch of people in steampunk outfits? There was a couple. Yeah, there was a few of them. My uh, my boss went to a steampunk concert. Concert or took his kids to a steampunk concert. Now is that's a style, a visual style. I think it's a musical style too, is or something. It? I don't know, man. Because I always feel like steampunk people probably listen to nothing but like Nine Inch Nails kind of stuff. Don't, but like, you know? Steampunk is Victorian, so like everyone's listening to stuff on Victrolas and. Is that the concert? Th- because I always feel like it's like, oh, this real like gritty, dirty, like industrial I looking. I think the like, band, you know? it's called uh, uh, Steam Powered Giraffe, I believe, is the band that he went to see. Oh, okay. So look them up if you want to see what the heck that even means. Yeah. I have heard their songs before. They're pretty good. Okay. Or at least the song I listened to was pretty good. I do like that song I listened to. Are they like... Uh, they also, okay, they yeah, also they pretend they're a bunch of robots. Oh, I know this band. I remember seeing a music video that they did. Was it good? Um, It was... It was good. It, it You know, it... Here's the problem: is I'm I'm just not sure I'm into it. You they're know, they're not actually robots, are they? No, they're not. They're not actually <laughs> ha, ha, robots. Just kidding. Yeah. Of course they're not. But like I um I just don't know if I'm into it. You know, like I think the problem I have is like when a band is too much of a novelty band, I just don't know how much I'm into it. Hmm. Like Kiss, you know, like I would never see Kiss 
or I'd never, I would never buy a Kiss album, or you know. But what if you wanted to rock and roll all night and party every day? Uh, see, I don't think I do though. Oh, yeah. that's sad. <laughs> um, but whatever. I they look cool. They, I I lo- I love their getups. Um, so you know, good for them. And I'm sure the giraffe is happy. Well, yeah, it's lost team. Yeah. Anyway, so how what the how did the movies? What's that? Yeah, you know. We're talking about movies, not fucking themed bands. This is not the themed fantastic voyage. This is just, you know, the the warm up, right? You know? How now, brown cow? We're we're warming up. We're getting the audience stoked. We're talking movies. Alex, why don't you why don't you lay a big fat movie on me? I saw a classic uh screwball comedy the other day, I did. Really? It twer it were a a Howard Hawks production. Uh, his girl Friday. Oh, how and was it? It was good. I I I liked it. Um, yeah. I didn't like absolutely love it. I think I've seen a few screwball comedies this year, uh-huh. and I think I don't love the genre of screwball comedy. Not, but just because it's sort of not my brand of humor, I guess. But it's not unfunny. It's very funny, very humorous. A lot of witty witty banter and stuff. I think it's because they they spawn from stage plays and they feel like. Someone just filmed the stage play, you know. Yeah, and there's always yeah. that tone. This is like, well, this is just this is just a play. Why you don't just... feel like you're immersed in the world. Yeah. Well, I think it's also because the filming is very play-like, where it's like we're going to point the camera at one half of a room, and it's never going to move around the room. It's going to be pointed at one hand. Like, what was that? Fences is a play. That is a movie. Uh-huh. But it's also like filmed like a movie, which I do. I appreciate. Sure. Yeah. But like I think the filming style for like I saw this and what was and arsenic and old lace and those kind of things is like it's like they all they built half a set and they're shooting half a set as though it's a play. Yeah, yeah. You know what's interesting about that? Um, there was that movie Death of, Death of a Salesman. Death to Smoochie. Well, I love Death to Smoochie. Which Which Death of a Salesman? Are we talking to the one with uh, Dustin Hoffman? Dustin Hoffman and uh, uh, John Malkovich, right? Mm-hmm. And there was a there was kind of a, a weird um it wasn't the whole movie, but some of the movie felt that way. It 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 felt like they had just put together some weird like play and you're watching this play. Like I, I remember there was a scene where Dustin Hoffman's character is like sitting outside on a bench, but behind him it's just like it might as well have just been like styrofoam, you know styrofoam buildings painted gray that are like not actually i don't know it just felt weird you know and it takes yeah. you out of the movie depends if you go super stylized or not right What's that movie you ever seen i've never seen the movie but i've seen clips uh that movie dogville no the lars von Trier movie i think it is where it's just like people on a soundstage with like and they have like their houses are just draw like outlines on the ground and it's like this really weird experimental oh. kind of thing. Huh. That's pretty cool. Like you have to really like go for it. Yeah. I also heard that his new movie is Taken Con by Storm. Con is going on right now, everyone. Uh, so to date this podcast and the recording. Con? Uh, cans. Can, con. Or, uh, cans. The Cans Film Festival. <laughs> um, and uh, his movie is Taking It by Storm because a lot of people are walking out being all huffy as, you know. Festival audiences are. That's a sign movie, of a good movie. It's about Matt Dillon killing a bunch of kids. 
Oh, is Apparently. that the one where like Matt Dillon looks like he's like he looks like Willem Dafoe? <laughs> I haven't seen any of the footage or trailers or nothing, but it's called The House That Jack Built and it's about him yes. killing a bunch of people and also kids. And Matt Dillon looks like he's dying. Like like he uh <laughs> he's just muttering to himself in the corner, I'm gonna get you, Spider Man. Well, he has like those really gaunt uh cheeks. You know what I'm you know what I'm talking about? Those really gaunt um gaunt uh willem defoe cheeks do you know what i'm saying nope um like always or just in the movie just in the movie like they probably uh seen if i could find a picture but anyways i've seen the poster which is weird like they probably had him lose a lot of weight for this movie and i cannot find a picture but that's okay that's all right um anyways i've heard about that i've heard news about that movie so it's it's supposed to be pretty graphic yep okay i read some descriptions and i was not like i've read worse descriptions of things Uh like i have not seen antichrist i will never see antichrist because i read the descriptions of antichrist and i will never see it um and having reading the descriptions (laughs) of this movie i was it was like it doesn't sound like as bad as antichrist (laughs) Yeah, yeah, and I think Antichrist is probably the worst. Have you seen it? I have not seen it, but I have friends that have seen it, and it's they're yeah they've described some of the some of the worst scenes in in the movie, and it's something I don't ever want to see. Yeah, it's like yep, <laughs> never going to see that. There's also I think Gaspar Noe's new movie is taken calm by storm in like a good way. People are saying it's pretty great. Huh. I will never see one of his movies ever again because I saw. Uh, people think I saw not Irreversible. Never, I will never see Irreversible. I saw Into the Void, and that was my first oh. Gaspar Noe movie. And that movie was like, "Yep, I'm done with that." That's another one where and it's all fucking crazy and gross and shit. Like it's, yeah. it's. I wish it was crazy. It just, it's just gross. Right. Like if it was crazy, it'd be fine. I was hoping for crazy. It's just gross. So wait, is it Into the Void or is it Antichrist that has Willem Dafoe in it? Antichrist is to Willem Dafoe. Okay, gotcha. Yeah. <laughs> Willem Dafoe, what an interesting career! Yeah, um, he's the one that throws his hands up, right? For pl- in Platoon, he's the one that does. Yeah, that he's pose. the he's the boxer. Yeah. Um, you, did you ever see the Florida Project? No. Willem Dafoe in that movie, to quote you. <laughs> he's just uh, having a fun time. He's uh, he's taking care of business, shooing off pedophiles and shooing off shooing off pedophiles and shooing off uh, really uh, rare birds. He's Someone's like, got to do it. Come on, guys! You can't be filming. You can't be your rare birds. Get off the property. He's, that was an improv scene that I oh, saw yeah. in like a hundred interviews because he told that story during Oscar season like a hundred times. <laughs> but it's a fun story that got sort of Oscar snubbed, huh? Not really. No, I mean like it got. It didn't. I I personally feel while it's a very good movie. Very, very good movie. Doesn't didn't really deserve anything, so I can't feel bad for it not being nominated for many things. Yeah. Although I would probably say that it being not nominated over like say like the darkest hour or whatever, that's a bit of a bit of a bit of a, bo- a bother. Right. Darkest hour was fine, but it was not it's a movie that people are not gonna like again for and I could think of three Oscary more Oscary better movies sure. that could have taken its place. Yeah, me too. But nope. But with that said, I mean Gary Oldman yeah. deserved the award and he carried the movie. You know what I mean? Like that movie was basically him. So Yep, and now the Oscars are over. 
over, long gone, and now we have a whole other year to sit here and wait. And and do you think there's any movies that qualify for nominations yet? Yet, I haven't seen any. No, I really, I really wish Infinity War would qualify for something, but I know it won't. Like what? Like a Best Picture? No, no. Because like if you said that, no, I'd have to no, no, come no. over there and smack you. No, in the face. no, I'm I'm not that guy. That, it's a shoe in for best visual visual effect. That's what I mean. Shoe in. That's what I mean. It's got for a visual shoe. Effects. It's got a shoe firmly in that door that's that's basic that's what i mean unless we have five fucking spectacular visual effects movies that come out this year that i'm not aware of currently that's it's it's shoe it's shoe in it's shoe in yeah yeah um i don't know uh oh i can think of one i think isle of dogs will probably get nominated for animation i hope so yeah that would be nice i always like it when um I, when big directors make animated movies and they get nominated, it's always nice because like, oh, there's a chance to you know dethrone the champions. Like that time Rango won and all that fun yeah. stuff. Yeah, yeah. Rooting for the underdog, am I right? Because dogs, a whole a whole aisle of them. Uh, I really liked Isle of Dogs, but we'll see this year. This year, actually, looking at the landscape of animated features, there's a lot of there's like usually you like oh that's definitely going to be like a big nominated movie that's a chew in you know mm-hmm. this year not so much well it's just like i've just seen like the incredibles 2 and record ralph 2 are the ones that are coming out and those have the potential to be both really great or really bad they're like potential is like <laughs> they're like good to bad potential is enormous you know mm-hmm. so that's like those are two wild cards in my opinion and then uh i don't know was dreamworks having anything this year and there's like the Grinch. illumination is like the grinch or whatever and yeah. there's like that Bigfoot movie or that Yeti movie that that Warner Bros. When is, is doing. the Grinch coming out? Probably Christmas time. I mean. Okay. Wow. They put they put a teaser out like almost a whole year before. Maybe I don't know. I don't care. Yeah. Uh, and that's just like the American side of it. So it's like nothing too Oscar-y. Not yet. And I mean, I I feel like that's typical. Like I I'm sure like once the fall season comes around and. You know, we'll start hearing about these things, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. So it's fun to speculate, though. Like yeah. last year, though, like if Coco hadn't got, come out last year, Coco was just not in the map. I, that last year, I've been like, I don't know. Yeah, animation wise, I had no idea. I guess you'd have to go with well, because there were a lot of really good. It would have been like a give it to one of these indie films kind of years, you know? Yeah. Because last year we had a lot of really strong indie films. Nothing utterly fantastic. I really liked Loving Vincent and all that kind of stuff, but like I wouldn't say like it was the best animated movie of the year or anything. Uh, yeah, no. Yeah. And then, like, Boss Baby's fun, but I don't think Boss Baby should have won, you know, best picture. That, I was super glad, because, like, when they changed the rules, I was like, oh, we're just going to get a bunch of, because, like, they changed the rules that anyone could submit nominations for animated feature, and I was like, we're just going to get all the famous ones. You know, oh, all the, yeah. the, 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 the mainstream ones. And I'm really happy that it didn't turn out. It turned out to be pretty much the same as it is every year, which is, like, one or two big ones, three small movies that... No one's ever heard of, and uh, that's it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Pretty good. Hey, speaking of Oscar season, I recently watched a movie that uh, kind of came out around Oscar season and floated around with a nice, steady audience, but was not an Oscar movie. It, it came out. It came out last Christmas, twenty seventeen Christmas. Twenty seventeen Christmas was it? Oh, I'm gonna guess. It's a movie I wanted to see with you. What? But then you saw it. I don't remember this. Is it Jumanji? Yes. When did, you never you never even said expressed interest. Uh, unless you did, I wasn't paying attention. That's fine. 
But hey, I finally I watched... saw it with my goddamn family. I had no choice. I know, I know. And hey, rightfully so, because this was a fun, family-friendly film. Yeah, <laughs> I think it was it was a fun time, and and not much else. I gave it two and a half stars. Two and a half stars out of what? Five? Four out of four. Oh, out of four. Okay. Yes. Uh, I I would give it a three. Here's the thing about this movie. It was fun, but it was a bit... It, there wasn't enough going on. There, it was like there was these four people that were real cool, and then they run into boring guy halfway through the movie, and he's mm-hmm. with them too. But like... There's just not much going on. The strength of that movie is the characters. The characters are amazing. That movie is written, actually, by Jake Kasdan, the son of Lawrence Kasdan, and directed by Jake Kasdan, son of Lawrence Kasdan. Lawrence uh-huh. Kasdan, director, or the writer and director of the Raiders of the Lost Ark. And, sorry, writer of Raiders of the Lost Ark and Empire Strikes Back. Hey, nepotism's so much fun, right? And also, <laughs> both of them together wrote Solo. Oh, so wow, that's fun. So he's proven himself to be a good character writer. Like the characters in that movie are awesome. The They're f- great. The four characters, and then also them in their little avatar forms, carry the movie throughout what is very much a boring ho hum adventure movie. Not boring, sorry. In terms of like the plot, into- on paper, a boring ho hum adventure story where stuff happens, sort of. And there's a villain, I guess. Well, and that's okay. So let's get into the nitty gritty. All right. So Ooh. there's Jumanji that came out in 1995. Great movie. It's like a little kid. Fucking ho- great a, movie. It's a little kid horror movie. Is what that is. It is. It's. Uh, but I think I like that movie was so jam packed with cool stuff, right? You had those vines. You had the lion. You had the monkeys. You had the stampede. You had the that hunter. Right. Yeah, that's a great movie to show to like a little five year old kid if you want like to test the waters of horror. I guess. Uh huh. Or like four. Like that's a good young kid horror movie. Right. Like that and Ghostbusters. Because Ghostbusters, the, the good litmus test for, for little kids, mm-hmm. show them the being a Ghostbusters, if they can handle that spooky ghost with the, <laughs> the crazy face, which is not scary at all. But if, they, they, if they're not scared by that, it's like, okay, we, this, that's like the, a door that you can pass through, you know? Yeah. If you're scared by that, it's like, well, I can't show them anything else. Right, yeah. Yeah. That's a, yeah, that's a good point. Um, the problem I had with Jumanji, Welcome to the Jungle. Well, okay. Not uh, okay. I enjoyed the movie, but here's the thing. So it's a direct sequel to Jumanji 1995. Literally, the movie starts off with someone finding that game that washed up on shore on a beach. They find it in '96, and then they play it, and then this thing happens. Right, this movie happens. So it it is technically like a direct sequel. Uh huh. Um. So. If we were to assume that okay, Jumanji is this is this otherly world where this game kind of it this game is a gateway to this other this other world this one world Jumanji, the Jumanji in '95 and the Jumanji in 2017 are different. Yeah, they're different. Like vastly. I was hoping that they would go into the world and it'd be this fucking like nightmare escape of of showing all these things from the first movie that you know we you know that that we recognize jumanji being and it had none of that like all it was was just a big boring jungle with some jaguars and then that's it It like some like mercenary dudes and like a bazaar right i was hoping uh i don't know man it's it's it was weird like yeah it should have been much creepier than it was and they also have like this is where uh, what's his face? 
survived for 20 years, which I thought was like, this isn't it's not what I imagined at all. No. Based on the, the context of the first movie. Right. Like the, the game that the kids were playing in the first movie was much more dangerous than the game that these adults were playing in this movie. Yeah, but it's a different thing. Like, it, I get what they did. What they did. Um, I suppose. Now, the real question is, to the end of the movie, spoiler alert, who cares? They smashed the game, right? <laughs> yeah. How are they going to make a sequel? The sequel's been like greenlit and fast-tracked really they make I, 29 christmas 2019 it's, it's happening no way yeah i don't like i don't know how they're gonna do that because i assume they're writing the script currently but like you know to go from like script pre-production to finish film in under a year and a half or like about a year and a half uh-huh. is a that's a tall order i feel i feel like they're sony is um like it could it, i'm not saying it's not going to work out but it's they're not giving them much of a chance to sort of uh, you know, let like let the stuff breathe. Really, come yeah. up with a really good story. They're just banking. I mean, you know, it's it, the the problem is is like okay, it's that typical like oh this movie did really well. We we probably weren't planning on making a sequel to this, but it did really well. So now we got to make a sequel and well, make I think it as they fast always as we thought can. about it. Yeah, but I think like usually when you have a movie, it's like when the you I, usually you see movies that like the two year release schedule are usually movies that are release but they're like already planning on the next one ahead of time so they already yeah. have like that six months of pre-production or whatever yeah and then they like like you know they keep going like this one like i guess i mean like they gotta like you know shoot it by the end of the year or something or like shoot it next year it's just a, it's a very compound schedule it's just like getting it done so it's just there's a lot if some, one thing goes wrong it's a, it's a it's a risk it's a very well, risky move they could have i think honestly well because it did very well against Star Wars, I think Sony's like, we'll do it again well against the next Star Wars. But I feel like they could probably they could have put Jumanji in the summer, and it probably would have been pretty pretty big too. Sure, yeah. Well, we'll see again. But that also because it had that that, that leg room because there was nothing in January, so that's why it made a lot of money. So maybe that's why they're doing that. Either way, I'm not saying it's a bad move. I'm just saying like it's a risky move to to do it so fast. I mean, you know, there was a time when that's, I feel like how that was basically how sequels worked, though. Like, they would come out every two years. Yeah, but I, I, these are like effects-heavy movies. Well, that's true. I think is yeah. that, that's why I think. Like, if it wasn't such an effects-heavy movie, I would say, like, yeah, that's nothing. But, like, because they have to do, you know, a lot of fun effects, creature effects yeah. and stuff. I mean, but in terms of writing a story for Jumanji, dude, give me a weekend and I... <laughs> <laughs> well, you gotta get the, the reason that I mean? Jumanji works because it's so well written. I see. I I feel the original Jumanji was was very well written. I, I felt I felt like this movie was fun, but it it didn't it like it wasn't as concise. No, I'm saying the scenes with the characters just interacting with each other is what makes the movie. When they're actually doing sure. stuff, it's fun. But like it's the characters. I remember sitting being like, these are some good characters. Oh these yeah, the, the good, characters are well great. defined, fun, interesting characters. I want to yeah. see more of. And, and yeah. the, I felt like the characters were better than the actual, like, you know, the, the characters were better than what they were doing. Yes. In the movie. Which is it's yeah. better to have that than the, the opposite, I guess. Because, uh, well, here's the, you, you get, you know, on one side you have Jumanji, on the other side you have like Rogue One, where you have a movie with lots of cool stuff happening with, with characters that aren't characters. <laughs> Well, okay, if we're getting into Rogue One... Well, let's not get into it. I'm just making a funny um, comparison. I mean, I understand what you're saying. I think that I think the two main characters in Rogue One were pretty boring. Mm-hmm. But, like, the, there's the rest of that team, which I think was just uh, three other people, right? Or something? Uh, well, you kind of robot? Just, yeah. Uh, da, 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 da. Yeah. It was, four, like, three other four people. Brass. They were fun. They were fine. But I, I know what you mean. Yeah, it's like... 
you either have a character driven movie or you have a plot driven movie, right? So yeah, or both, a little bit of both. I mean, like the idea, ideally, you'd have both, but yeah, it's hard to do both. Um, I mean, you, you know, you want a movie where the characters drive the plot, and so it feels like it's a natural, like they feel hand in hand. Yeah. Um, now the real question is, so the movie is probably successful because of the four actors involved. Uh huh. So they're probably definitely coming back. Oh, totally. So the real question is, are they going to be the same kids playing them in the same? Are they going to? So, will do you think here? Let's here. I'm gonna put 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 bets down. Okay. My, the options, I assume, if those actors are coming back, so the same cast of four kids plays the same exact characters again. Same cast of four kids plays different characters of those four. So it's like a fun little wacky toss up, right? So it's like, you know. The jock plays the girl now, and all then you know all that fun stuff. Oh. It's a little toss up. Uh, new four new entirely new kids play the play these new characters. Hmm. Uh, or five because they're technically five. Although, like, no one really wants that fifth that character. That boring right? guy. Yeah. Like, no offense to uh, Nick Jonas. Was the, oh, was it one of the Jonas brothers? Okay. Was it him? I forget. <laughs> I, well, it was one of the brothers. I forget which brother. I think it was Nick. Um, he's fine in the movie, but like he's, I, I don't know. His whole thing is, I don't even know why he was in the movie. Like they, they really didn't need him there. I think it's like a sort of, is this some sort of symbolism or something? Well, because they're like, oh, he's the missing peas. Yeah. It's Get just it? And like, yeah, it's always fun to have the character. It's always good to have a character come in like halfway yeah. through to sort of shake up the dynamic and stuff. You know, it's always fun. Nick Jonas. Yeah. What I would love, and hey, everybody, like, I'm sorry that this, whatever, this is a bit of a spoiler, but I'm just going to say it, like, Colin Hanks is in the movie, right? I say have him come back. He's like the in charge, like, Colin Hanks, I feel, is not enough stuff. Right. I feel Colin Hanks needs to be in more things. Yeah. I like Colin Hanks. But don't bring back Nick Jonas, bring back Colin Hanks. Well, how, okay. Well, because at the end of the movie... See what they what you probably do if you're doing like the sequel thing is somehow the game invents a new character. So you got the original four, and then you got like a fifth bonus guy who's like I don't know, Ryan Gosling or something. Sorry, I sort of forget this now. Okay, so in the movie, Nick Jonas is just the character. In He's the, game. the Avatar. Yeah. Who's the guy in real life? It's Colin not Hanks. No, 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 no. But as a kid, it wasn't just Nick. some kid. Oh, okay. That's where I'm getting mixed up. I'm sorry. So yeah, yeah. So and Nick Jonas' time character travel, will always... that that doesn't make any sense in the movie. No, it doesn't. Because like, yeah, well, I remember. So they get so they get out of the game, and then Colin Hanks is like, "Oh man, my life has been stored. I've been waiting for this day to meet you guys this whole time." So I'm like, "They've ne- so he's never seen them around." So first of all, the, the future's restored. He he's never seen them around. And their life has progressed exactly the same as it would be, despite the fact they're not being any creepy house. The butterfly effect would be going crazy right now. Yeah, it doesn't yeah. make sense. Yeah, I mean, the, obviously, it doesn't they don't see? Care. But the first movie explains that much better. Well, the first movie, they the go first movie's great, all the way back in time. Yeah, because they go all the way back in time, and then they go back into the future, and then Robin Williams marries that girl, and then they know the parents of the Jumanji kids. That one makes more sense to me, though, because those parents are like, they had their whole life on, like, the butterfly, like, to quote, like, the chaos theory or whatever. Like, his life probably, chances are, wouldn't have, I'd like to think that they wouldn't have that rippling effect where it would affect these other people in some other state or whatever, super far away, you know? But this is where their own community 
is suddenly radically different. Right, yeah. That's what I mean. Is the newer movie Yeah, you're you're correct. I mean like the the physics of time travel are just all fucked up, right? Like yeah. again, the movie isn't concerned itself with it and who cares, but No, yeah. I mean, we don't know how Jumanji works. It's all magic, right? Magic. It's all fucking it's magic. It's kind of magic. Yeah, I don't even know how they came up with the word Jumanji. It was written on the board. No, what I mean is the creators of these movies, where did they get that name from? Yeah, so the real question that I hope, <laughs> I really hope the next movie answers this, is what, so what the fuck is Jumanji? So is Jumanji the, like, alternate dimension that's it trying is. to, like, capture people? Or, because in the first movie, it was just a board game. It was yeah, just like a magical it was just cursed a, it was board, just game. A board game. But now is it like an because now the board game can transform to other things. So is it the game that can transfer its yeah, it can transfer its power into a different So like thing. yeah, is is it the game? Is the the actual physical game the thing that's cursed, or is it like a man is it like a weird alternate universe that is like reaching its tendrils out and possessing things i don't know so we'll find out that's what i that's i guess that's what it is also query other query um so in the in the movie everyone's got very obvious video game things like there's an npc and there's a cutscene and that kind of stuff so that stuff was didn't originate in the board game version no maybe when it did its makeover that's why everything's all fucking crispy clear and clean now is that when it was a board game version it was all fucked up and then when it turned to a video game it's like the whole world got like reset a la but then there's but then there's still that the guy's hideout in the world yeah i know that's the one that's the one thing maybe it was just like a like a like a asset swap like a color palette swap and <laughs> all the more dangerous things just kind of got removed yeah you know it's it, it, I mean, th- these are the kind of conversations that I think maybe they didn't even they didn't even no one cared considered. Yeah, they just say, "Hey, Jumanji, it's for kids." I mean, like, fuck I'm, it. I'm just being silly because uh, ultimately, it really doesn't matter. Because no, like, no. There's uh, there's times to 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 care about stuff, and there's times to not sure. to. And this is a time to not to care about stuff. And <laughs> if they actually bothered to like think about these questions seriously, I would say they were doing it wrong because no, one, they don't, right. they shouldn't care. Yeah. So they did it right. The movie does everything it needs to do right. I think. Yeah. I think so too. I mean, the movie doesn't really the movie. What the movie should I'd like the movie to have in order to be like an actual like in my opinion like a really really great movie. It's probably or an actual villain would be nice. Well, and okay, and then so when we get to Act Three, I feel like the movie kind of just farted. You know what I'm saying? Like, like they get to the they get to the big mountain thing, and they they want to they need to put the jewel in the mountain, and it was just like way way too easy. You know, like it was just, it was like um, this guy uh, uh, played by oh, Dwayne the Rock Johnson. No, 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 no. Uh, Bobby Bobby Cannaval, right? Oh, the, he's the, the guy, villain. the Ant Man guy, right? Yeah, he plays the villain. I knew he looked familiar. I was like, where the fuck have I seen that guy? From? Yeah, and really, throughout the whole movie, throughout the whole two-hour-long movie. This guy doesn't really encounter them directly. He doesn't have any kind of beef or personal like stake. He's in... not a character. Also, he stands around with like a weird looking face and he, he scowls yeah. and like he kills people who don't do things good. Right. And that's it. And then basically at the end of the movie, like the rock is on a motorcycle and and this guy's just walking along and then. Lo and behold, the rock gets to the top of the mountain before this guy because he's just walking, and then <laughs> it's like Jason Voorhees. 
And then, you know, they put the crystal in the thing and then the thing and then thing and then they all go home. You know, it was just it was pretty easy. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, well, maybe next time they'll play the game on hard mode. Well, that's the thing. Like in the original movie, in the original Jumanji movie, there's that whole fucking thing where like the safari hunter that it, that looks like Robin Williams's dad in the movie, which was a great, I thought that was a great detail. But didn't pick up that. Uh, didn't, I never picked up on that until I watched it as an adult. Yeah, it was great. It mm. was it was it, because it was this whole thing about his fear of his dad and stuff, and the safari hunter is just like fucking ruthless. Um, but that's the thing. It's like he corners him and he's about to kill him. Robin Williams drops the dice and it it this whole thing depends on what he rolls and then you're watching slowly as this dice roll dice this die rolls and then you know yeah that's a great moment yeah if i don't know the rule did they explain that movie if he rolled higher than the number he needed would he still have won oh, or would he have gone past i don't remember it doesn't really matter so you know what i want this the sequel to be first of all i want it to be jumanji we got fun and games is the name of the <laughs> Is the name of the movie. <laughs> yeah. And I want them. It's like, oh, man, Jumanji's taken care of. What's this? Zathura. No. And then they got to go to Zathura. I never saw Zathura. It's a John Favreau joint. Yeah. It's a pretty good movie. I saw that in theaters. That has a little uh, Joshy, Joshy Hutchinson in it, right? It is. I have no idea. And uh, that one guy, Drax and it's- something. Oh yeah, uh, D- uh, Dax Shepard. Dax, that's right. And it's got Drax. a, a little Lil Kristen Stewart. Does it really? Yeah, all people uh, before I knew who they were. Wow. Because um, it was like 2005. What was it? 2005. You're right. Oh yeah. Zathra, a space adventure, so, 2005. Man, John Favreau makes good movies. He just, uh, made, he just pumps out good movies. Except my Iron the, Man two. Well, I mean, like the exceptions, <laughs> Iron Man two and Cowboys and Aliens, but for the most part, oh, he did ca- okay. His filmography is pretty tight. Wow, he did Cowboys and Aliens. I didn't know that. Yeah, he did that after Iron Man two, right? Yeah. Okay, so interesting. Okay, so he's done twenty one, or he's he has or ha- or is doing twenty one movies. Bat. Okay, oh, there's all this stuff. Okay, Maid, I don't know what that is. Like, I love Elf. Elf is great. Elf is great. Up until the third act, it, it gets a little weak, but it's still a great movie. Yeah, but it's not enough to like... It, no. It's a weaker third act, but that's such a comedy problem, I find, in general, more and more. Yeah. Uh, so Thoreau is, uh, is, is perfectly Space fine. Adventure. Iron Man's great. Iron Man oh, 2. Oh, wow. So he went from Z- Zathura to Iron Man? Damn. Okay. Yeah, it's... Uh, like, nowadays, you'd be like, the director of Zathura is making a Marvel... Well, I guess... Well, Marvel was always pretty kind of cheap. I guess like they uh-huh. still hire directors that like of movies like you know, like yeah, the director like Doctor Strange like he, I don't know who that is. He's from horror and stuff. Oh okay, yeah. You know it's like they don't hire they hire people with visions, but also that can fall in line. Well, it seems like they 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 hire up and comers, right? Yeah, but not too up and comers. Or maybe they do. I don't know. Like Taika Waititi, I think that was someone that like was up and coming. I you know? think. I feel I remember hearing that they don't they actually like have directors come in they invite them to pitch a movie for them like they want like we really? want you to do this movie pitch us your idea for what you would like to do with this sequel or something that would be awesome because I remember hearing something like Taika Waititi just like brought in like a video that was like some fight sequence from some movie mixed like set to uh, immigrant song it's like I want to make this. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Maybe I'm making that up. Maybe I misread or misheard, but that, I mean, like, that's not unusual. 
I do. I did know know for for sure that like for example for like Kong Skull Island, uh-huh. they met with that director, um, whom I I like his I like his work. Uh, that movie's really. I thought the direction of that movie's really great. In yeah. terms of like it just being like unique and, and fun, and that really made the movie something special. But like they, Warner Brothers was like, or Legendary, whoever brought him on was like, okay, we we we, we think about making King Kong. We got Godzilla, you know, so making King Kong, just to remake a King Kong that's set in the 30s or whatever. What, what, what do you think about that? And he's like, oh, I'd love to do it, but fucking Vietnam, man. Let's make it a Vietnam <laughs> movie. And the Warner Brothers was like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so like, you know. And that was a great choice, it too. I, I thought, you know, why go through this whole, especially when you have the Peter Jackson one that already did that? Yeah. Like, why go, why revisit that, right? Uh, yeah. And also, I think Kong Skull Island is my favorite King Kong movie of the two I've seen. It's not hard. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, the original one is a, is a classic, I, but it's not like. Is that one, is it super racist? I'm sure it is. I haven't seen the original. I'm sure it is. Yeah. Jordan. V-O-G-T, Vogue, Roberts? Probably Vote. Vote, Roberts? Okay, so he's the guy that directed Kong Skull Island. Yeah, now he's doing... uh, Metal Gear Solid, rumored, uh, announced. Yeah, I I was going to say he's he's doing Metal Gear Solid. He's in pre-production on Metal Gear Solid. Okay. Which is cool. Wow. He seems like he knows shit about Metal Gear Solid. Metal Gear Solid has the potential to be something really special if you you kind of, like, let it breathe. Yeah. I'm, okay. So there's no actors attached to this yet. Everyone's always like get Hugh Jackman, which would probably be pretty cool. But Hugh Jackman also lacks a certain sense. He's of, too smiley. Well, I mean, like he's good at Wolverine, but I think like it's he's think, too smiley. I think he's mostly just like too old. I don't know. I, I, I well, how old is that guy supposed to be? Snake or whatever. It's like late twenties, early thirties, something like that, maybe. Oh, then. But yeah. like by the end, Mel Gibson four. He's like forty, but he's also super old because genes and stuff. Because he's a clone. It. You know, uh, we need to start thinking about some uh, younger actors here, right? Who who can Henry we get? Henry Cavill. Henry Cavill. No, I'm kidding. Uh, I don't know. I think you could probably cast a well, like Scott got, Eastwood. <laughs> you need to treat like you have to treat him like a James Bond. He has to be someone with someone. Okay, not not Scott Eastwood. I'm so done with Scott Eastwood after uh, Pacific really, that you Rim t- Uprising. You turned on him. I that yeah. You saw that right? Well, I saw it with you. Oh yeah, you did see it with me. That's right. Yeah. Boy, oh boy. Anyways, yeah. I don't know. I've only seen him in like two movies. Um, and, you know, I always think, I don't like being, whatever. Everyone deserves a chance. Anyways. Well, sure, <laughs> sure yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, I'm just trying to think. You have to get someone that's like a little older, I feel. Someone that's grizzled. Someone so that like feel 35-ish? Grizzled. 35, like Bond age. You know, you want, like, you want, like, or a, older, you want huh? like a James Bond type actor. Someone that can be grizzled. But not too grizzled. Well, James Bond's not grizzled. I, I mean, unless you're talking about uh, Daniel Craig. No, but you want someone that can like mean like I've seen some shit, you know. Yeah. And also has that that smokes a pack a day voice and. Yeah. So you need someone sort of like yeah, like in their late thirties. So you maybe. want like like a, you know, like a 2005 Hugh Jackman probably maybe, but like. I'd say even like a 2005, you know, Christian Bale. Throw him in there. That too, that could work. But uh, I, he probably looks less like the character well, though. Looking at like the character is not important. I hate that. Right. That whole thing. It has to look like. It doesn't have to look like anybody. Yeah. Um. Well, whoever they cast, I hope he's. I hope he's good. <laughs> well, I hope the script's good too, because that seems like a hard thing to adapt. Like you can. Ad- I think you could adapt it, but Melgasol is fucking weird, man. 
Have you seen the trailer for the Queen movie that's coming out? Oh, I forget I, what it's called. Maybe Bohemian it's like, Rhapsody. Is that what it's called? Yeah, I have seen it. I thought that the trailer does some really cool shit with with music. Yeah, where it like mixes all Queen songs together. Yeah, but the movie itself, I, I can't tell if it's gonna be good or if it's gonna be bad. I mean, I'll watch the shit out of it. I'm gonna watch it for sure. Yeah. But that movie, have you been reading about the production of this movie? No. Well, oh. I know that it originally had a. It originally had. Uh, Sasha Barra Barra Conan yeah. attached to it, and then it Sasha Baron Cohen, yeah. And then who, the director was going to be like, was it Fincher or something? I don't remember hearing about the director. So here, it was going to be him, and then he dropped out because Queen wanted the movie to be less about, like, more with feature them more or whatever. These right. rumors, I'm not sure exactly, but either way, I think it was that it was going to be more of a explicit tell-all of Freddie Mercury's life, and uh-huh. they were uncomfortable with that, so they kind of yeah. toned it down, and they're making this with uh, the guy from I I Robot. I Robot. Mr. Robot. Is it Rami Malek? <laughs> it's, it's Mr. Robot. Uh, the guy's Rami name Malek. is uh, Rami Malek. Yay. Yeah. Um, but Brian Singer was directing it. That's who it was. And then he got kicked out of Hollywood for being allegedly Brian Singer. Yeah. Brian Singer. Everyone, yeah. Brian Singer, you can read up about. Yeah. He's got a long, a long yeah, history he does. Of, of allegations against him. Um, and so he got kicked out of Hollywood and some guy replaced him. Some guy I've never heard of before. So, like, okay. not to say the movie... That's probably not the right guy that you no. looked up just now. But, uh, yeah, I mean... Speaking of Hugh Jackman, directed the first X-Men. Um, right, yeah. <laughs> I'm so, like, you know, it could be good. It could be a mess. Who knows for sure? The well, trailer itself, like, it's got a bunch of scenes that look good by themselves, but it doesn't necessarily... I can't, like, get a sense yeah. of if the movie's going to, like, really... I mean, sometimes it works gel. out. Yeah. Sometimes it works out. I like Ant-Man. I thought it survived a... Well, Ant-Man, uh, like, you know, it's rare. Movies that, like, get, you know, that uh, lose a director halfway through and get and get picked up don't... I don't know. Sometimes it happens. Sometimes yeah, it works. Sometimes it don't. Like, some, we'll see. Again, yeah, Solo will like be up by Brave now. And we'll figure it out. Like, Solo. And the, yeah. But, like, um, the thing I, I don't like when people... I don't want you should never dismiss a movie before it comes out because there are movies that have the worst, most awful nightmare production that you've ever heard of turn out to be literal masterpieces. Yeah. So yeah. you never, you know, it all depends. Like Apocalypse on, Now. Like Apocalypse Now. Um, I'm trying to think of uh, what's that? Well, it's not, I wouldn't call it a masterpiece, but like, you know, um, off the top of my head, two movies. The director of American History X fucking hated the movie. And refused, and you know, was a bit, uh, kicked off the movie essentially. Oh, I didn't know that. Well, not kicked off, but like he wanted to, like I think Edward Norton took the cut from him, and so he wanted to get his name erased from the movie, and they wouldn't let him. <laughs> oh yeah, and I think it turned into a well. I don't know. The movie's good as it is, so who knows? It was a good movie. I mean, I've heard some interesting things about the movie, but I could. Yeah, and go the into second that. thing is uh, this came to light pretty recently that Alex Garland actually secretly, secretly directed Dread. So the director of Ex Machina and Annihilation actually really? directed Dread, and the other guy was kicked off production secretly. I had heard that. I had heard that part, actually. I had heard that that guy was kicked off. He was, like, locked out of the post-production heard, of Yeah, it. he was locked out of the edit bay, and I think I think Alex Garland kind of secretly ghost-directed a lot of the actual you know, production. Right. Which makes sense, because that movie's great. That would make more. That would make a lot more sense, because that feels like... Tonally, like the way that, like Ex Machina and Dread, like they feel similar. Yeah. So, like, yeah. you know, again, so, you know, just because the director gets fired doesn't necessarily mean it's going to end up oh, yeah. bad. It's just sort of, again, I've been mostly just saying for this trailer, I like what they did with the music. I just, uh, 
It's just a lot of cool footage, but we'll see how the movie ends up turning out. Totally. I guess that's all I have to say. You can say that with every trailer. Sure, yeah. I'm actually surprised it's taken this long to make a Freddie Mercury movie. I mean, 30 years after... Well, clearly they've been talking about it for a while. Yeah. Um, And then, yeah, just getting back to um, the whole thing with with Queen's kind of like concessions with making the movie, what I had heard specifically was that they felt like they didn't want a movie that that was just about Freddie Mercury's um because Queen went on after Freddie Mercury yeah. with different singers, even though that never really amounted to anything. I mean they still but, tour. They're fine. They, they, right. They but sing. but they wanted they wanted to make sure that this movie wasn't being like, hey, Queen is only Queen with Freddie Mercury. That's fair. I mean, like Queen is Queen with Freddie Mercury and Brian May. But let's be honest, right? I mean, yeah. like that's like if they made the Doors movie where it's like because the Doors it was the same thing. They went on after Jim Morrison died, you know. But like, do people like in in the sense of telling a great story for for a movie, right? Yeah. Do people care? No about. Uh, you know yeah um yeah. yeah i feel like you know i've said this before and i see it again like you know queen is a combination of the people in the band and you lose one and it's done sure like led zeppelin you lost the drummer whose name i can't john bonham uh john bonham yeah you lost that drummer led zeppelin's done sure yeah you know yeah that's it led zeppelin it was their choice exactly but i feel like queen should have done that yeah, no, I agree. Well, and here's the thing. I mean, like, I don't want to say what people like. It's like it's shitty of me to say that because like that's their livelihood, and they need you know they can't right. just abandon their name of their popular band. They want to keep playing because they're not dead and all that stuff. But, here's the uh, thing: I don't I don't blame a band for going on after someone has passed away, but I I think they should be aware of what it means. You know, they probably are, and um, and also like, and I hate to say it, but it's like. You know, like when the front man dies, that's like a whole different thing. You know, like I there's bands that have gone on where you know, let's say the bassist dies or the the front man died in like ACDC. Right. Well, yeah, and then, but then they just came back with like really better music and like a better singer and they were able to yeah, singer, quote unquote. What do you mean? ACDC's not really a singer. Well, yeah. Dad's a strip. <laughs> it's like you know, it's a sound. It's not... Yeah, yeah. But I, I, I'm just saying, in most cases, like I think, because there's always, okay, interesting story, Alex. Uh, I forget if I mentioned this on the show, but there was this three day long thing that my band did, that was hosted by EA. We went to the EA campus, and there was like this three day long seminar about how to market for your band and stuff. And we performed for two of those days. And on the last day we performed in front of like music industry Mm -hmm. executives. Right. And one of the things they said was like, listen, every band, um, every band has to have a star. Mm -hmm. Every band has to have that one person in the band. That's like the star. Yeah. And the problem is, is, is I don't think bands see it that way. Like, and I think a lot of people conceptually think of projects as being like, hey, you know, everybody should be equal. Everybody should be a democracy. Every blah, 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 blah. Right. But as a consumer, as like as someone trying to consume entertainment, um, 
you need that person in the band that's like oozing the charisma. Mm -hmm. And it also can't be everybody doing that because then that's a huge mess. Yeah. Um, so like, I don't know, I guess in a really roundabout way, I guess with the, with like, the, like, yes, like, yes. Um, there are like, I think everybody in a band is, is like a, a intricate piece of that band's success, mm -hmm. especially a drummer, especially like a drummer Except for the bassist. No one cares about the bassist. Well, <laughs> just that's the, that's the popular joke. There's there, there it's interesting uh -huh. with bassists. Um, I've always butt heads with bassists in bands and it's always it, er, like every band I've been in and there, you know, there's bassists that I love and, and there's bassists that I, I don't love, but no matter what, they're the ones that are going to have the biggest opinion about stuff, which is strange, right? You think they would, they wouldn't, but they always, they always have the, the strongest opinion. Do about you want to call someone out? You calling someone out on air, Mike? Well, no, no, you don't no. Um, um, but I guess what I'm saying is to audiences, there's going to always be that star in the band. And once that, once that star leaves or dies or whatever, it's, it's hard to get that momentum back. Yeah. 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 It's a bummer. And that was Freddie Mercury, everybody. He was their star. Brian May was amazing too. Don't get me wrong. Brian May is awesome. Mm -hmm. But yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, so I watched uh, the only other movie I've seen recently was which I've seen before was uh James Bond goes down to Bayou. It's uh, Live and Let oh, Die. Yeah. So I watched that. That was fun. With Baron Samedi. Yeah, uh played by the ex the the, the late great Jeffrey Holder. Uh, that guy's fucking great. Man, he should be... I wish he was in the movie more. He's barely in that movie. It sucks. He's scary as fuck in, in uh, GoldenEye. Not the movie, the game. No, the character, though, you mean? Does yes. Like, why? Just, well, I mean, like they're all scary looking because they're like... They got like eight pixels. Well, he's got that... Poly <laughs> eight polygons, I mean. Excuse me. Because they have, they give him that laugh. Oh, the... Ah, that, yeah, you I, hear him laugh. And oh, that's it's creepy. Like, yeah. Yeah. Anyways... No, so I, I, I don't remember that. Anyways, that, that movie's still great. Um, was that Roger Moore? That's Roger Moore's first movie. Oh, okay. His first outing as James Bond. Um, wow. You know, only slightly racist, not too racist. Very strange tone. Like, I, this is my, like, eighth time seeing this movie. The Because it's, like, black exploitation meets James Bond. It's very reactionary to the time period. Uh -huh. Really weird in that way. Um, yeah, Yafet Kodo is the villain who is a little uneven in terms of I think the directing of the movie doesn't give him like, like they just like do whatever you want. So he doesn't have much like, no. I, I I feel like at times he's just sort of, I just noticed that this time specifically that he doesn't have like his character's through line is sort of changes from scene to scene. I oh, say. okay. Interesting. But that's just, that, that was me just being, you know, seeing it, seeing it eight times and thinking about things. Um, would you say it's one of the better Bond movies? Yeah, it's a top 10 Bond movie of, of 25. Really? Yeah, for sure. Oh, absolutely. It's probably Roger Moore's... His... I mean, it's, I guess it could be. It's probably his best. Um, okay. Well, yeah. Uh, people say uh, The Spy Who Loved Me. I used to think that. Then upon rewatching it, I rewatched it when Roger Moore died last year, mm -hmm. two years ago, whenever it was. I rewatched it as like, you know, porn went out for for The Fallen and... Uh, <laughs> 
I was like, oh, this is not as good as I remember it being. Oh, yeah. Um, so this was 1973 that this came out. Yeah. My personal favorite of Roger Moore's is uh, For Your Eyes Only, which huh. is weird. Where does that fit in the timeline? Like, like was when that was it released? Yeah. 79. Oh, okay. So... No, sorry, 81. Oh, so it was much later for yeah. Roger Moore. Yeah, later. But yeah. still good. Very good. It's got a young Charles Dance playing a, a henchman uh, uh, <laughs> with no speaking lines. Oh, yeah. Uh, that's fun. Um, <laughs> it's fun seeing Charles Dance as a younger man because I just, you know, my my first real recognition of him is, you know, was hmm. Game of Thrones. Speaking right? of last episodes, he's in Last Action Hero. Is he's he the really? villain of Last Action Hero. He's very villainous. Yeah, he's a, he has he's got that face. He's got that villainous. I think face. he said like it's like thank God I was born with a crooked nose, <laughs> like a hooked shaped nose or something like that. Right. Yeah. And apparently on um on the set of Last Action Hero, he wore a shirt that said something to the the effect of they couldn't afford Alan Rickman. No. <laughs> or something like that. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Wow. So I mean the. Uh, the budget for this movie was seven million. I I don't know what the movie industry was like in seventy three, but I just happened to notice this. I mean, the budget for it was seven million, and then it made back one hundred sixty one point eight million. Yeah, that's pretty fucking good. I mean, like, yeah. So yeah, yeah. I mean, like the old Bond movies probably didn't cost much because they didn't have to do much in the way of VFX and that kind of shit. No, they they just... did a lot of fun stunts. There's a lot of fun boat stunts, boats flying over shit and stuff. They right. don't really do that kind of stuff anymore, mostly because it's all. I feel like it's all been done. I kind of yeah. wish they would do more. I mean, like the Bond series still does, but like they do more like crazy stunts or at least film them in such a way that it's like this is actually real. Oh yeah, because like I think like the motorcycle chase in Skyfall where they drive motorcycles over the top of the roofs, I think that's a real practical stunt. Oh wow! But it's just filmed such a way it doesn't feel real. I think also the helicopter doing a barrel roll and Inspector is also real, but like it doesn't seem real. That's because like you know, who can tell these days? Yeah, yeah. So. But uh, yeah, st- these two stunts. Um, yeah, hmm. no, it's a it's a good one. It's a very good one. Um, one of these higher ones. Yeah, higher. you know, I mean, I feel like when I finally have some like time off, it would be cool to sort of delve into James Bond stuff oh, yeah, again. Well, I'll be here. I mean, damn, dude, twenty five movies. That's da, 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 da. a lot. <laughs> well, twenty four currently. Twenty four currently, right? And they're working on the twenty fifth. When the fuck is that coming out? Twenty nineteen, man. Okay. They announced it. I don't know if Danny Boyle is really officially directing it or what, but... The last one was, what, 2016? 15. 15? Yeah. So it's, like, quite a gap, huh? They used to do one every two years, and now right. and, and now, and it's, now like it's, like, one like every four, four or something. Sucks. Yeah. Because I know there was a big, sizable gap between uh, Quantum of Solace and Skyfall, but that was because MGM was going through a bunch of shit. That was MGM's right? going through shit, and also the, well, the Sky uh, Quantum of Solace was kind of hurt by the writer's strike. So it's been it was a Skyfall. Thankfully, it's great though. Yeah, it's Quantum of Solace. Did I say Skyfall was hurt by the writer's strike? No, okay, uh, Quantum, Quantum of Solace. Of Solace. Yeah, um, that one's okay. It's not as bad as people say it is. Quantum of Solace. Yeah, still haven't seen it. I think Spectre's still technically a little better, but te- Spectre's is too long. Spectre's is uh, rough. So long. Spectre's rough. Spectre should have ended at the camp, the compound, and also the the whole "I am your secret brother" is a yeah, dumb thing they yeah. didn't need to put in there. Those two things, the only the big problem. Everything else is in the movie is pretty top notch. It's just those two things really, really damage it. Like the love interest, I felt uh, 
on the, she's was pretty, pretty she's forced on par with most of the well sure interests. yeah and that's i guess so that that's you know because it's on par with most james bond love interests like i just wasn't into yeah, it yeah i think on par with james bond doesn't uh you know you could do better nowadays that's what, yeah that's what i mean is like you know i don't know yeah just it it felt forced and it, like most james bond love interests it felt like just this forced thing where it's like he just winks at someone and they bang him. They, he's you know? got, watch, I've been watching these movies for no good reason just because I've just been like, ah, it's been a while. He's got fucking superpowers. He's got like a mutant power where he just, yeah, he, he just looks at someone and then like, I gotta fuck that guy. Well, and that's the thing is like, I think there's been James Bond castings where like they're like these classically handsome folks. Like Pierce Brosnan was like a, he was a fucking handsome dude. Mm-hmm. Daniel Craig, like, I don't think he has. Oh no, he's that. Oh, go back and watch Casino Royale. He's handsome as fuck in that movie. Is he? He's got like those steely blue eyes, and he's just uh, chiseled. He's like he's like he's just got this stony kind of demeanor. He's got like, he's got, like big ears and like. Oh, don't be so mean. I think he's <laughs> I'm great. I'm just saying, like on the most superficial level, you know what I mean. Like I'm just saying, like I don't know. I don't. I think every I don't Bond buy it. so far has had their own specific brand of handsomeness. Yeah, yeah. Um, That's a good way to put it. Yeah, but I just don't. I Daniel Craig, I don't think is the kind of guy that can just like woo someone. Well, on, he's intense though, but his know? Bond is an intense Bond, which is different. Right. You know, he's not. See, like if you're going on a scale of Bond, Roger Moore is the most debonair, the most like, oh hello there. You know, I'm James Bond. Bond James Bond. And he winks, and these these people start making out with him uh-huh. a lot. I'm not joking, right? Um, and then like Daniel Craig is like, "Don't fucking talk to me. I'm James Bond." Yeah, and Sean Connery's just punch. <laughs> no, Sean Connery's less punch, but Sean Connery is punching. Sean Connery is more like, <laughs> "I'm gonna make out with you, no matter you if you whether you not you like it, you know." Yeah, and then uh, Timothy Dalton is just uh, I don't know. Him and George Lazenby are the outliers due to the fact they just right. haven't had much to work with. Yeah. I think, you know, I'm perfectly comfortable saying this. I think out of all the Bonds, I'd probably fuck Pierce Brosnan. Yeah, he's the most Bondian, I think, of all of them. Yeah. Um, at least to me, maybe it's because he was the one I... Like, when Jane, when I was a kid, he was James Bond, therefore right. it's imprinted. Yeah. But, like, I watched Connery's movies more when I was a kid, though. Really? Yeah, I had well because I owned his movies, so I would watch. Like, oh, gold. I watched okay. like mostly uh, Goldfinger and uh, From Russia with Love were the ones I would watch all the time. Never really watched much of um, of Pierce Brosnan's, and uh, f- for good reason. Well, he only had one and a half good ones, kind of like the half? two. Well, two and a half good ones. I'd like say. total. Like out of out of Pierce Brosnan's four, he's got one four movies. Great, he's got one great movie, a top five, one of the best movies. Right, he's got one really great movie. He's got one passably good movie. What uh, Tomorrow Never Dies? Yeah, that one's like the most standard James right. Bond movie. It's could just possibly. A, it's so yeah. standard. It's just a yeah. It's a it's very like, it's yeah. Which actually, like I've been saying, like the more mediocre Bonds, kind of almost are worse, just because they're less. They don't yeah. Because like yeah. Bond is. All Bonds have this sort of tone to them that even the bad Bonds are really fun and the mediocre ones aren't yeah. fun, therefore they're almost worse, you know, even though they're kind of technically better. Right. And Tomorrow Never Dies and World Is Not Enough, I think, fit that category where it's like, uh. yeah, 
<laughs> Tomorrow Never Dies. I think it's a it's a steady streak down. Die Another Day is the worst Bond movie. <laughs> yes, yes, it is. Or maybe second worst. It's one. It's on bottom I think three. It's, bottom three for sure. I cannot imagine a worse movie than that. Worst but, movie? Well, Bond movie. But I think it's fun though. Like it's so exactly. bad. It's super it, stupid. That's yeah. It's whereas like he swims across the Hong. What was it? The Hong Kong Bay or something? Yeah. And he get, he goes paraglide. Well, first of all, he surfs in the beginning of the movie. He's got this ridiculous sword fight. He goes ice paragliding at one point because yeah. of giant satellite lasers. All that stuff. Isn't he in Cuba at some point? Yeah, he's in Cuba. Right. Oh, because that one guy's getting like an operation where he's turning from. Yeah. It's Speaking of weird convert like weird like magic sex powers, we talk to Halle Berry and immediately they're like, like they all of their dialogue is, Hey, you wanna fuck? Yeah. Yeah, let's fuck. But like they're yeah. all it's like it's like, dude, is this how hot people talk? What is this? Yeah. What is no, this it's... weird nonsense? Um You know what's the the best part of the world's not enough is that garbage song. No, that was great. That was probably one of the best. I think maybe my favorite James Bond. To anyone theme that song? The, the song is by Garbage, just right. so you know. I'm, <laughs> yeah, no, uh, great, yeah, no, great the, band, and they made a great song. World's Not Enough is a great song. That's a great. Uh, the Speaking of Living and Die, that's a top. That's a top Bond song. Yeah, by Wings. Skyfall. My favorite's Casino Royale song. You know my name by the late Chris Cornell. Listen, I love Chris Cornell, and I love his work. That song to me is is fine. Oh, I love it. I love it. I I think he's not exactly the the best fit for that kind of thing. I don't know. It just like like James Bond. It like just punches you right out of the gate with that song. I love it. Um, the new song, "Writings on the Wall." That Sam, Sam Smith. What for Spectre? Yeah, that song is. Sta- I don't remember it. Like much like the love interest, very standard. Yeah, but it won an Oscar for some reason. Um. It's not bad. There's a lot of bad songs that James in the James Bond canon that no one ever talks about. Goldfinger. Goldfinger is one of the best songs. Why does everyone keep saying that? Goldfinger's amazing, mostly because it's been parodied to death and back. But that's one of the best songs. It's just got like it's got that classic just oomph to it. No, it's great. It's a great song. Diamonds are forever. Basically, anything Shirley Bassey. Um, that's a good one. Uh, For your eyes only is not that great. I mean, like that's how was uh, Duran oh, Duran's song is actually kind of good, surprisingly. No, oh. for uh, I think that was a uh, View to a Kill. Okay, yeah, that sounds about right. Eighties. Oh, Madonna's is like the worst one. Which movie was that for? Die Another Day. Oh, <laughs> the best part of that song is she randomly just goes Sigmund Freud. Oh my god! Just like says it and like what? <laughs> I feel like that movie they're they're just like actively trying to gut the franchise or something because it just I don't it know. worked. That was crazy, crazy bad. I think because it was the 20th Bond movie, so I think they were like, what, what year was that, 2002? So it was also the 40th anniversary of Bond 2. Oh, wow. So I think it was, a, we're going to go all out, we're going to make the Bondiest Bond movie ever bonded. And then they was like, this movie's fucking stupid. Yeah. It's too bad, you know. I, I, I get the feeling if that movie didn't exist, Pierce Brosnan maybe could have had a couple more in him. But I think... See, yeah, yeah. But then um, also, he was a bit long in the tooth by that fourth movie. I think, like, uh, Daniel Craig, I think this, like, he's getting up there, too. Like, I think Daniel Craig will, so wait, this is 73. Daniel Craig, won, by the time that um, Bond 25 comes out, Daniel Craig will be James Bonded longer than Roger Moore. 
Oh, really? 13 years as oh, opposed to yeah. 12, although he will have made five movies instead of eight. So, huh. so that's, he's got, a, he's got a, he's just so handsome. Look at that. Look at that. Look at that mug. You know, I, listen, man, I'm not saying the dude's ugly, but he's not so handsome. He's not so handsome. I'm just saying that. Yeah. As, uh, as, a, as a joke. But like, he's, <laughs> he's a good looking dude. He's fine looking. Yeah, he's he's not bad. He's looking. no Pierce Brosnan though. He's no Pierce Brosnan. Yeah. I mean, I guess if I had to pick, sorry, George Lazenby, but I'd say you're the worst looking man. Oh yeah. So he's fifty. Fifty for, fi- for fifty. Years he old? looks great. For fifty, he looks like a. Once great- you're in your fifties, you gotta. You can't. You get to be like the little. You know, you gotta be Logan. Logan's run kind of taken off. You can't. You can't be Bond anymore after fifty. No. Like he's got yeah. one more in it. So. He's Good married to Rachel Weiss. Yeah, I, yeah, I and know. she's forty-eight. And she, she, she also, should be a Bond girl or a Bond villain. Hey, how cool would it be? There, his last movie, last Bond movie that he does, Daniel Craig. You have Rachel, Rachel Weiss be his love interest. How charming would that be? I'd rather see her as a villain, honestly. I think she, I think she could turn. Or that'd be great a good too. Villainous performance. That'd be great too. I don't see her in enough movies these days. She was in that movie uh, Secret Lesbians with uh, Rachel McAdams. Was that the name of the movie? Uh, I like to think it was. Oh, okay. <laughs> All right. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, that that, that just came out. Oh, what was it? Uh, disobedience. Yeah. Disobedience. Okay. I like my title better. <laughs> Uh, yeah, no. I mean, that was like, you know, here's the thing. I saw The Mummy 1, and I was like, hey, Rachel Weisz, pretty awesome. Saw The Mummy 2, garbage movie, but hey, Rachel Weisz, pretty cool. I think the only movie I've seen with Rachel Weisz is the first Mummy. And then the third Mummy came out, and they recast her, and I'm like, fuck that. I'm not watching that movie. You know, like Maria Bello, or whatever her name is? Uh, I don't know who that is, and I don't know what she does. Uh... I think she's an actress. Well, yeah, but like I don't know what she's been in. Um, I, yeah, I haven't seen any of the Rachel Weisz movies. She was in that one movie that got spoiled in the trailer, I think. With also with Daniel Craig, spoiled I think. Spoiled in the trailer. Was it, I remember there being some Daniel Craig movie. It's like like the house or something, and it's like the whole movie got spoiled in the trailer. Oh, because like and then it made no money. <laughs> where it was something where it was like he's like imagining his family, and actually he's just like his family is dead or something. And the trailer was just like, yep, this is what's going on. Oh, wow. I have not seen that third Mummy movie. The third Mummy movie came out in 2008, The Mummy Tomb of the Dragon Emperor, and they replaced Rachel Weisz with uh, uh, Maria Bello. That's what I said. Which is what you said. Uh, What has she been in? I don't even know. Coyote Ugly? Oh, right. She was from The History of Violence. Oh, History of Violence. That was a great movie. And she was great in that movie. Okay, I take that back. I'm sorry. I'm sorry I didn't watch you in in Mummy 3, but it just didn't look like it was a great movie. Um, Okay. Yeah, she's been in some... Oh, The Fifth Wave. Oh, that... Is that that Aliens movie that came out recently? It's like it has that... uh, Yeah... Basically, Alien, it's her, no, it was was that uh, what's her face that Chloe Moret, yeah. Moretz, and yeah. then a bunch of aliens and the only teenager alive anymore or something. Right, there's like the first wave they did this, the second wave they did that, the third wave they did this, the fourth wave it was candy for everybody, and then the fifth wave it was just teenagers. <laughs> so yeah, there was that. Uh, Alex, 
Listen, man, we're almost out of time, but I'm going to tell you another movie I watched real quick <gasps> because it was John Carpenter's... Of Mars? No. Oh. That's John Carter. Uh, listen, John John Carpenter had some great movies, then he got hit on the head, and then he and then he made They Live. And I that watched, was in his streak of pretty good movies, wasn't it? Wasn't that before Little it, Big Trouble? Or was it that was after? like right after. Oh. It was like he did The Thing and like... Halloween, uh, huh? And Halloween, and well, Halloween was was seventy seven a few or years 78? before. Yeah, that thing was, like was late seventies or something. It's still in the same. Street. Thing is eighty two. What uh, Big Trouble in Little China? I think it was eighty four. I mean, like I think people like Assault in Precinct thirteen. I think I'm seventy six. Right. Okay. And then uh, I think this was uh, nineteen eighty eight, if I recall. Oh yeah, it does have a late either feel either eighty seven or eighty eight. Um, have you seen it? I have, and uh, I agree with you. It's. Well, maybe not as much as the. I thought it was just sort of like weird and kind of dumb and not that great. But <laughs> well, the okay, the thing is, the movie itself is a mess, right? But what? Oh, made, Escape from New York. That's what it was in between all those other movies. Yeah, but which is also uh, not a fan of. I don't think I'm a Carpenter fan. I guess. Well, I love the thing. The thing was amazing. So I don't know. The interesting thing about John Carpenter is he. It's like I know. He knows and how Big to Trouble's make a, great too, so I don't know. He knows how to make a great movie, but sometimes he just doesn't. I don't know. You know, like I, I don't know. It's weird. Yeah, he's a little. I mean, like his so far, like yeah, his classics. Like I haven't seen his bad movies that right. people like his '90s work that people say is bad. It's but his yeah. classics. I've seen almost. Mo- I've seen most of his '80s work now. Uh huh. And of which I only really like the thing, which is amazing, which is a masterpiece, and. Big Trouble in Little China, which was a lot of fun. Yeah. Whereas, uh, yeah, Escape from New York, I found to be kind of like, nah, eh. it was, it was and not They fun. Live was also kind of, eh. and then Escape from L.A. was just, oh, that's just bad. Just a movie out of time. That that movie, <laughs> that movie was uh, should have been made in the '80s, but was made in the '90s. Um, but they live, uh, honestly, dude, like. It was it was fun to watch. It probably because like a hate like you know it was like a, a, a like a fun hate watch, right? Um, but there's this one scene in the movie, and it's been parodied in South Park. I finally understand what that South oh, Park oh that fight scene that fight scene yeah man, that fight scene that is re- <laughs> it just it just keeps going like. And all it is is he's just like, put on the glasses. And then Keith David's like, no. And then they fight some more. Like five minutes. It's more than five minutes. It? It's like 10. It's like, it. it's probably 10 minutes. Because there's this whole thing where they stop fighting and they're like, oh, you could tell they, you know, oh man, they, they've they fought it out. You guys, they're, they're going to like relax now. And then they go back into it and keep fighting again. And it, um, I don't know. It, it was, that was fun. That scene was a, a lot of fun. I like the part in the movie where uh, Roddy, Rowdy Roddy Piper gets the glasses for the first time, puts them on, sees all the shit, like all the aliens in the city. He's like, oh, my God, I'm going to have to kill a lot of people. And he immediately goes to get a gun and goes to that bank and starts shooting people. It's like, whoa. Yeah. That escalated quickly. Right. Yeah. He starts just murdering. Got that classic line, though. I came here to was it to kick ass and chew bubble gum, and I'm all out of bubble gum. Right, yeah. Which doesn't and, really make sense. And there's also, uh, in, you know, life's a life's a bitch, and she's currently in heat or something. That's yep. <laughs> oh, I thought the movie was pretty good until like the end. Like by the end, it kind of just fizzles out. 
Yeah, I. The funny thing is, right now I'm not even remembering the ending. They like the blow up an antenna, and it ends oh, with like someone's yeah. having sex with an alien, and the alien's oh, like, "Oh huh? yeah," and that's it ends. Right. I'm like, "Huh, that's a weird." That ending. was a weird ending. I think they live is one of those movies sacrilege. I know, but you could remake it and make it real, real cool. Totally, yeah. I think someone should honestly. Hey, why not get a uh, John Carpenter out of uh, retirement? Why, do you, why would he make remake his own thing? I don't know. Why like not? you know, you got What's Danny, he doing? Danny McBride is remaking Halloween. You might as well or making a sequel to Halloween too. I guess so. You might as well uh, you're doing that thing that you love. You might as well get uh, someone else to do that also. Yeah, I suppose. I mean, the last thing John Carp- also well hold on also real before before you, you if you, you didn't like his direction for this movie, why would you want him to direct it for a remake? <laughs> I don't know. Uh, yeah, Get like that, David that's a very Fincher, good point. Like Darren Aronofsky or someone kind of dark. I feel like they would. I I don't. Yeah, I mean that'd be great if like a if like a class act director picked something like this Man, up Darren and, and made, made it a fucking film. Weird. I like that. Yeah, yeah, but um, so John Carpenter, his last film was in 2010, and before that, it was. 2001. It goes to Mars. Jeez. I, I I guess he probably just had like a run of some stinkers and then like, I don't know what, st- just stopped or something? Maybe he retired. He was, I don't know. I don't know how, how this, this kind of stuff works. Yeah, me neither. But I don't know. A couple things that, or one big thing I think is cool about John Carpenter is he does the soundtracks to all his films. Oh, yeah. And they're good soundtracks. Sometimes. Sometimes, well, generally are. speaking, but yeah, like I, I think that's really, really. Doesn't cool. Robert Rodriguez do that too? Probably. Yeah, they're very similar types of directors. Yeah, um, I find it interesting how a lot of the horror icons from the '80s, directors-wise, tend to, to never like they tended to fizzle out by the '90s. Well, the '90s had in a very... terms of like classics. Like I'm not saying that they didn't like make anything good. I'm just saying like they're they're classics. Like they made like you know you got Wes Craven. Uh huh. And uh, like you mean Scream, so that doesn't really count. But like you know, you, um, and you got John Carpenter, and you got um, you know all these other guys. Yeah. Uh, Romero, and they always they kind of made like their one earth shattering, huge, enormous, genre defining movie. Yeah. And um, never like John Carpenter approached that more with his weird kind of campy fun movies. I'm sure I'm missing a lot because I haven't seen many Wes Anderson or West West Craven movies and all those guys. But like you know, it seems like a lot they they have more misses than hits. Yeah, and their filmographies, which I find interesting. Well, you know, like I, I look at someone like John Carpenter, and I think it was something where he his his sensibilities. It's like they matched the culture at the time. And I think, especially in the '80s, where every male, every protagonist in every movie that you make is just you know, white guy, super buff, going around kicking ass, right? Like that's a very '80s thing. Yeah. Um, I think, especially like if we're to take the '80s and the '90s for example, I think the sensibilities in the '90s were way different culturally, culturally speaking, than sensibilities in the 80s and like uh you know a testament to that is uh escape from la like like we're saying it's like escape from la i feel like if that was made in the 80s it probably would have people would have liked it more well it's still not a good movie though i think but i think the like his movies which are a lot of cult movies 
the cult audience was there at the time. Yeah. Or like it's like I said, and they weren't there in the '90s. I don't think. Or like, yeah, he's making his movies for a cult audience that wasn't there anymore. I don't know exactly. Well, they're still not good movies though. Like his cult movies tend to be like you know, Big Trouble's great and that kind of stuff. They're yeah. Still good. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, me neither. I don't know. Well, if you know, why don't you reach out to us <laughs> at the Filmtastic Voyage uh, Facebook page, filmtasticvoyage.com, or filmtasticvoyage to gmail.com. Correct. Hey, we both have letterboxed accounts, oh, so yeah. uh, you can check mine out. It's uh, M-R-K-E-R-O-S-E-N-E, Mr. Kerosene. That's my pen name. Check out my movie reviews. And I am Batman Crothers, all one word. Indeed. Um, we are on the Let Me Listen Podcast Network. That's a bigger network full of jam-packed full of other podcasts to listen to, movie-related and otherwise. So be sure to stop by the SoundCloud and the iTunes for the Let Me Listen Podcasts. Uh, be sure to leave some comments, leave some ratings. Uh, we want to hear from you because we missed you. And we will see you next time on the Film Tastic Voyage. Have a good day.